This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad that you've joined us. It is Christmas time here in year 2022. Christmas time. It's time for traffic jams, stressed out shoppers, and excited kids. But Christmas is so much more than that. And we know what the real root is. We'll talk about that today. But we're going to be talking today uh, around how the Old Testament prophecies show how the birth of Jesus Christ actually brings about justice on earth. Besides salvation, there is a heavy emphasis uh, among the Old Testament prophets on how Christ's birth brings justice to the world. In fact, he was born into an empire of gross injustice. And it is within the context of Jesus' birth. You know, Jesus wasn't born in Southern California wasn't born in America, but was born in the middle of an oppressive empire, the Roman Empire. And his being born into this and the events around his birth speaks to God's bringing justice into a world so tilted in favor of the rich and powerful. Now, I want to apologize today for my voice. It's going to sound rough. I had one of the, the presents that many of us are gifted with around the Christmas season is colds and flu. And I caught a bad cold. I've been over it for about a week, but just have not got my voice back. So we will get through this uh, together. But uh, as we begin this, I'm going to read a few scriptures today from the Christian Bible. But one of them I want to begin with is Luke's account. Luke uh, states that at the beginning of his gospel that, you know, he was not one of the disciples of Jesus, but he became one after Jesus went back into heaven. So Luke says that he set out to bring an orderly account uh, of the events of Christ Jesus' life. And so he interviewed uh, several people and compiled uh, a logistical gospel of Jesus' life. And so um, read bits and pieces in Luke 2 of Luke's uh, uh, account of the birth of Jesus, but it says in those days, <clears throat> a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
Then it talks about shepherds, <clears throat> shepherds that are on the graveyard shift. And so these are guys just, you know, collecting a paycheck by working the graveyard shift. And if you listen to this and you work the graveyard shift, well, uh, some of your predecessors are mentioned here in this gospel. And among these, the significance of these shepherds is the fact that they were outcasts uh, in the empire. They were nothing. They had no real rights to speak of, no voice in the empire. And the interesting thing is the first announcement of Jesus' birth was to these uh, these outcasts, these blue-collar graveyard shift workers. And the angels, it says these angels, these were not just preachers, these were actual angels that appears to them, and it says that they sang out in a great multitude, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased, peace on earth. And so these shepherds are given the first indication as to the significance of this baby's birth. It's not like the shepherds were theologians and biblical scholars that knew exactly what was going on, but they're told this child is born. Here's the significant as he's bringing peace on earth. And uh, in an uh, empire so torn by war that like Rome was, this is a significant message that this baby is coming to bring justice. And why does he appear to the shepherds to say, yes, you may have been pushed to the edge of the empire. You may be less viewed as less than and not have a voice and have rights. But this baby came for you to bring peace for you. And the story goes on that, uh, you know, Jesus is presented in the temple on the eighth day to be circumcised. Uh, and in Matthew's gospel, we see magi, these these wise men from the east, some eastern country, some say India, uh, but somewhere, Pakistan, who knows, uh, that region of the world to come and celebrate and honor the birth of this king. And we won't get into all the details of all of that. But the main thing I want to bring about is the fact that that Luke's gospel brings about a context for us and shows that Jesus' birth is is significant in the fact that it was within the middle of this world empire. It was at a time where the empire was doing a census for the purpose of leveling more taxes on the people who were already overly taxed, that he's going... this king is being born and he's announcing his birth to graveyard workers <laughs> no names and so and then these wise men from the east when we see in matthew's gospel is significant in that he's saying hey look there is uh something bigger than herod something bigger than caesar that is happening here there's something historical and life-changing now, one of the things I want to bring out before we go on is that, that uh, you know, we, we get exhausted at Christmas time. We exhaust ourselves shopping. We max out our credit cards. We, we stuck in traffic. We're trying to do all this baking, decorating, watching Christmas movies, listening to Christmas music. None of that, none of that is why Jesus came. And it's significant that we exhaust ourselves at Christmas time when what Jesus really did is he came 
to bring a new Sabbath on the earth, a new rest. So if Jesus came to bring a new Sabbath and new rest, then why, why do we exhaust ourselves at this time of the year? Now, let's look at the events around Jesus' birth. Uh, Jesus was not born randomly. The prophets say that Jesus was born in the fullness of time. I believe St. Paul talks about that as well, that in the fullness of time he came. So his timing was not random. It was in the perfect time, at the perfect moment he was born. He was born as a Jew in the middle of the Roman Empire, so filled with injustices, he might as well have been born as a Jew in Nazi Germany. Same thing, same oppression, same hatred from the empire. Uh, there was heavy taxation. In fact, in Luke's Gospels, I said, Luke brings about the fact that Caesar is, in, is introducing a census that's, first of all, costing people a lot of money because they have to travel to go do the census. They couldn't do it online like we can now. They, and the purpose of the census was so they could level more taxes. The dominance of the government, it just, can you imagine living in a society where there's just soldiers everywhere on the streets ready to beat you at a given moment? Rome believed and preached peace through violence. There was corruption all over the place. Not to, not to mention the corruption and oppression of the Jewish leaders and the religious leaders, and the system they developed, which was crushing in itself. So whether it was from the Roman government or from their own religious leaders, the common Jewish people were being crushed under the hand of injustice. <clears throat> now imagine a Messiah secretly springing up in the midst of our noisy and busy society. That's kind of how Jesus came on the scene. Very few noticed. Very few noticed that he was even born. Because it was in the midst of a noisy and busy society. But who did know of his birth? The shepherds. The magi. <clears throat> it was the blue-collar graveyard shift workers that noticed his birth. It was the magi the, who were from Eastern religions, were not Jewish. In other words, he appeared to those who were ready to receive him. Jesus' birth was quiet. It was not filled with fanfare. In fact, the Magi came from the East came when he was two years old. So he wasn't even at his birth. So his birth was quiet. Really unnoticed except the fact that the shepherds ran through the streets and announced it. And he was born in Bethlehem. A no-name town of a couple hundred people, maybe. He was not born in Manhattan or Los Angeles. He was born in little, dinky Bethlehem. Yet the world had no idea that everything was about to change. If you are tired of the injustice around you, do not give up. For God always appears unnoticed. But when God appears, everything's about to change. Now, let's look at a couple of the prophets, especially Isaiah. Isaiah is heavy with his prophecies on the Messiah. So, for example, in Isaiah 32, Isaiah 32, uh, chapter 32 and verse 1, 
Isaiah says, Behold a king, and this is a prophecy of the coming Messiah, the Christ. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule in justice. It's just a quick verse, but Isaiah shows that this coming Messiah will bring righteousness and justice, which, by the way, in the Hebrew, righteousness and justice come from the same word, just that one's a noun and one's a verb. And then Isaiah 9 Verses 1 through 7, significant prophecy of what the significance of Christ's birth would be. He says, but there will be no gloom for her, that is Israel, that was in anguish. And the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness, and it was a very, very dark time when Jesus was born. It's interesting that Christmas falls during the darkest, shortest daylight hours of the year. And by the way, there's lots of depression that people experience at Christmas time. But the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as joy at the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the, the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. It goes on, and then it says, why is all this a thing? In verse 5, uh, verse 6, rather, Isaiah says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder. So Isaiah is announcing a new government, a new kind of government that will be on this Messiah's shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. He's going to bring about real peace on the earth. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's always fascinated me, that verse, saying that his government will be ever increasing. And the peace he's bringing will be ever increasing. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, it will be, he will establish it and uphold it with justice. And with righteousness from this time forth and evermore. You know, uh, what a profound prophecy that Isaiah brings about of the birth of Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't come so we could have Christmas trees and Christmas movies and all that. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with sharing that with your family. What I'm saying is we, we really got to get back to the root. Jesus came to bring justice on the earth. And unfortunately, in Christianity, we've separated salvation from justice. We've done a couple weird things. First of all, we've made salvation to be, okay, pray, receive Jesus, go to heaven, which is not what salvation is. Or on the other hand, we've said justice is salvation, which it's not. Justice comes out of salvation. So we've come to, forgotten that the reason why Jesus came was to make a new man and a new woman on the earth, people who rise up and heal the sick, and diseased people who set the captives free. You see, before Jesus went back up in heaven, he told the apostles, go and make disciples 
of all nations. What's a disciple? Disciple is someone who imitates the master. So a real disciple is not somebody who goes to mass every Sunday. <clears throat> real, and I, you know, I go to mass, so I'm not downing that because a mass is a beautiful mystical experience. But that's not what a disciple is. A disciple is somebody who imitates the master. In fact, Jesus told disciples, you will do greater things than I've done. So we're called to bring justice on the earth because that's what our master did. He brought justice by healing people, by raising the dead, by calling people out of darkness into the light, by associating with prostitutes and tax collectors, by gathering in the lost flock, bringing them back into the the, the safety of the fold. Now, on and on we could go, but the prophets foretold a Messiah who would bring justice to the earth. And what the birth of Jesus has done is it has freed us to do the work of justice. Now, let's do a further breakdown of his birth and ministry. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He lived in solidarity with the poor and forgotten. Bethlehem was not Manhattan. It was this forgotten little quiet village. And it's significant that Jesus was born in Bethlehem because he, by doing so, he lived in solidarity with the poor and the forgotten. He was born in Nazareth. You know, in fact, Philip, when he was told by his brother about Jesus being the Messiah, Philip's like, when he said that Jesus was from Nazareth, Philip balked at that and said, can anything good come from Nazareth? In other words, Jesus was born in Nazareth. He, he identified with the outcasts. Jesus was born as an outcast. Look at the disciples he chose. Jesus chose for disciples those who were broken, cast out, and yet hungry for righteousness. Jesus ran to the sick and performed many miracles. He healed the broken. Look at Mary Magdalene. She was possessed by seven demons, and he cast them out of her. And Mary Magdalene was standing at the foot of the cross in solidarity with Jesus that day he was crucified. He healed the broken. He was gentle. It says in the prophets of the Old Testament, says he will be gentle. The Messiah will be in a, 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 a you know, soft reed. He will not bruise. So Jesus was gentle with the traumatized, yet firm with the powerful. He taught peace on earth through love of enemy and laying down of the sword. He taught and lived forgiveness. From the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He tells disciples, forgive your brother 70 times seven, by the way, not total, but in one day. In one day, forgive your brother 70 times seven. Jesus broke the cycles of violence and hatred. He spoke much of the justice of love. I want to read one more scripture to you where Jesus talks about justice. And he talks about it from the standpoint of judgment day. In Matthew 25, uh, where he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left. And the king will say to those at his right hand, that is the sheep, come 
O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will say, when did we do these things? And Jesus said, what you did to the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. And he says to the goats, you're accursed. I'm throwing you out into eternal suffering, outer darkness, because you did not feed the hungry. You did not house the homeless. That's to welcome the stranger. You did not clothe the naked. You did not visit me in prison. You did not visit the sick. All these things. So Jesus says on, shows us on judgment day, how will we be judged? By how many times we went to mass? How much scripture we knew? Really? What kind of clothes we wore to church? No, we will be judged by where we a people of justice and peace. That's where the rubber meets the eternal road. Now, I want to finish off today by looking at Mary's Magnificat. We won't get into it, and I encourage you to, to read it. It's in Luke ch <coughs> chapter 1. Apologize for that. Luke 1. In Luke 1, Mary is told she's going to give birth to the Messiah. She's told by the angel Gabriel. And she gives this incredible song called the Magnificat. In this Magnificat, she just basically says, my son is going to bring out justice. And she says it in a way um, so that um, as if it already happened. You know, and so when Mary visits her relative Elizabeth, Mary just springs into this song and says, my soul magnifies Yahweh and my spirit rejoices in God, my uh, uh, Savior. And she goes on and she says, his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown the strength of his arm. He's scattered the proud imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones, exalted those of low degrees, filled the hungry, the rich he sent away, he has helped his servant Israel, so on. I encourage you to read the whole thing there in Luke 1. But Mary is saying, my son, the Messiah, is bringing justice on the earth. And she says it in the past tense as if it had already happened. Such was her faith. You see, Mary understood the birth of Christ not as an event for gift-giving and decorating your house. She and snow and dreaming of a white Christmas. No. Mary said that the birth of her son, Jesus Christ, is not dreaming of a white Christmas, but dreaming of a restored humanity. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Jesus' birth is not seen by the first people who experienced it as the birth of an innocent baby, a time for good feelings or a season of consumerism. The shepherds, the magi, and others who experienced it as it was, the hope, the light, the justice that the world so desperately needed. I want to 
read the words to a song that we're so familiar with at Christmas time. The song is called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And this is a, a song that's based uh, on the original words of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem. And it's interesting to set the song for you, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, is based in the American Civil War in the 1800s when the northern states were fighting the southern states to set the slaves free. And there was death, gunshots, cannons, people wounded, a nation divided. And listen to this, the lyrics to I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I was actually going to sing it to you, but with my voice being as it is, not able to. It says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And mild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then the song switches gears and says, then from each black accursed mouth, he's talking about the black cannons used in the Civil War. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Wow, what a powerful song. What a powerful uh, poem. Set in the Civil War of the American South, which so ripped this continent apart, and yet the words so beautifully captured at the very end, that the wrong shall fail. Injustice will fail. Justice will prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill towards men. May this Christmas season, as we see violence, division, name-calling and oppression of the poor all around us, may we join Jesus in birthing a just and righteous society right where we are. May we experience his salvation within our own hearts right where we are. May we become a people of light, love, justice, and peace. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. 
You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatradeRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.